Time now for the Longhorn Guys Sports Spectacular with Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley. Here we are in the Sports Spectacular. Glad you're with us. Uh, nothing going on this week at all. So we're just going to, no, just kidding. Uh, we're not going to stop there. Jerry Palm is coming up, uh, CBS Sports. Dot com. He's the bracketologist. We will talk with him uh, on the way. Also, we've got uh, some other fun topics. So we will talk a little bit uh, very quickly. We'll get to our NFL picks. We'll discuss that. Um, no question there. And also, uh, we'll talk about our grab bag segment and a few odds and ends. But guys, we want to talk about the Longhorns right now. Uh, talking football last week in terms of uh, Texas finally getting us there. Um, uh, Coach Sark and uh, breaking through. And I'm sure that he probably thought after the holidays that things would kind of slow down a bit, right? I mean, you know, National Signing Day is over. Uh, college football playoff game is over. Uh, but now here comes the big question mark. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, we know where he once coached, and that was at Alabama. And guess who is now looking for a top, top-level coach to replace the retiring <laughs> legend, Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, that would be a home run hire. I mean, obviously what Sark's done at Texas, amazing. I'm not sure that it, there are very few programs you wouldn't leave to go to Alabama. Texas might be one of those because their NIL capabilities that are probably superior to every other school in the nation. Yeah, it's it's hard to walk away from the Longhorns. And, you know, he has rebuilt that to levels we haven't seen since you know, Mac Brown and Vince Young, you know, were, were paired up together. That's That's been quite some time. But, you know, he, he's a guy who has to look at Coach Saban as a man who helped him really resurrect his career and, and give him the opportunity to go out and, and do what he's doing now so well. You have to think that that maybe he's a guy that they might call to to get recommendations from because Brad hit it on the head. You you I don't know that anybody could outspend Texas even if they wanted to, and I don't know if you want to give up that position right now the way the market is. Well, and that's kind of where I am too. That to your point, um, what does Alabama have structurally that Texas does not? Um, you're both now in the SEC, um, and you can either go follow the legend and be constantly questioned. Um, you know, look, you know, John Wooden uh, left UCLA almost 50 years ago, and UCLA Nation is still looking for the next John Wooden, right? So, yeah. um, you know, who wants that role where if you're Coach Sark, you've already kind of laid the groundwork here, you could become the next Nick Saban, but at your own place. Yeah, I think that makes logical sense. I mean, he's the one guy that all the list, although I think he's a really good coach, I think he'd be a good fit. I think he'd do a great job at Alabama. He's probably not Nick Saban, but he'd still do a really good job. He's the one guy I think that I, I would not leave. You know, I mean, I, I, I that's the place I wouldn't leave. You know, there are others maybe you could say, you know, the connection, whatever, but pretty much Georgia, Texas, Alabama, maybe a Michigan or Ohio State. Earn that. You know, I'd leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, going to Alabama, especially with those type of boosters and everything, and of course, you know, Nick Saban allegedly was approached in the past about becoming the Texas coach, and 
I, I believe the the reason he wasn't interested was there's too many chefs, uh, too many too many chefs in the kitchen, and Sark has seemed to be able to navigate those booster relationships that are so important at Texas, and that's a skill set that is really really important at that particular school, and if you can do that. I think you can have some unbelievable success because there've been some really good coaches at Texas who couldn't do that. And it's made, it's, it's cost them their job. Yeah. Um, I think that, like you said, coach Sark has so much going on right here, but uh, let's give tribute to Nick Saban and what he did again, seven time national champion, one at LSU, of course, six at Alabama, changing the culture there. Um, we did speak with uh, Joe Gaither of Bama central um, over on uh, our uh, big sports radio sec show. And, um, you know, guys, he was just amazing talking about that. You know, I didn't realize the impact that he had made on this when he came in, you know, right of the ship right away. Um, you know, for more than a decade, they've won at least 10 games or more over there in Tuscaloosa. And it was amazing that football weekends there, um, guys, he was telling you when you guys talked to him that um, they bring in $20 million. It, it's a $20 million impact on the Tuscaloosa region on every football weekend there. And that's so, you know, this is not a, you know, a Miami or Washington, D.C. or Chicago or I mean, in Tuscaloosa, which is not a very big town. Right. And yet that's what he's done in terms of building this in the winter, um, you know, all the winning that he's done. Um, it's just really remarkable. And I think we we all, uh, you know, it's OK, no matter who we root for, to be in awe of Nick Saban and, and his accomplishments. Yeah, I, I'm in awe. I mean, I, I it's amazing. The other thing about him is. Uh, it's not just about the wins and losses. The culture he created in Alabama is insane. And then all the quotes that he has where he talks about how, you know, the 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 team aspect and people being, you know, compelled. All the I mean, just think about all the quotes that Saban has. And I, I guess he's quoted a lot, but his stuff's really good. I mean, he's one of those guys you, you look, so many coaches use the things that he does. He's passed on. His coaching tree is is pretty amazing there. Yeah, I think he's he is the he is the man and uh, deserves the the respect. And of course, every time there's a, a legend, you know, at some point, you know, they're going to be surpassed. But I think it's going to take a long time for somebody to win six national titles in seventeen years. Uh, I, I just don't know if that's going to be something that we see very often. And what's funny too is he doesn't look like a football coach. Like every time I see him, he's always got the. You know, he's got the khakis and the the golf shirt. And even at his pressers, it looks like he just came off the golf course. He's going to come here and talk to you. And he's kind of irritated. I don't really want to talk to you, but I'll answer your questions. <laughs> and we done. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right. I want to go coach football now. So, um, so hail to Nick Saban and all the best in retirement. Only 72 years young. So um, got a lot of golf ahead of him. And uh, Steve Sarkeesian, uh, hang around. Got a good thing uh, in Austin. All right, keep it here. Like I said, still to come, we've got uh, Jerry Palm coming up, talking a little, uh, uh, little college hoops and much more here on the Sports Spectacular. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. 
The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you, we promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-917-8546. That's 800-917-8546. Back on, uh, on the show here. And my, my guy, college hoops. Let's talk some college hoops. We had a wild night Tuesday, right? Uh, Tuesday night, you saw... Number one, Purdue, go into Nebraska and look like they had not played basketball ever um, at times. And then you they had some of the worst offensive possessions I think we've ever seen. And then you had number two, Houston, go into Iowa State, and they fall 57-53, and they look like they did not know what offense was either. The over-under on that game was 129.5. They scored 110 points combined. Definitely a defensive struggle. It's um, Is this just college basketball? You know, the, the one that surprises you is Nebraska. Now, they have their good record, you know, going into the non, you know, coming out of non-conference. But I think they're building something there. And and obviously, Purdue getting caught there, their role players who played such a key role in, you know, slipping past the fighting Illini uh, last week. And and this this case... The rest of the team just didn't seem to come ready to go, and and Purdue found out that that you you have to play every night, and and you can't just take a, take an evening off. And boy, that really hurt. You know, um, you're looking at players like um, Trey Kaufman Wren, who went from 23 points to zero points in 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 back to back games. That's just that's that's the part of the growth process that these younger players are going to have to get past during the regular season where they can play consistently or you're set up for another upset in the NCAA tournament. So you're picking 16 over one again. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? No, I, and it's I, hard I to know. know, you know. Yeah, I know. It's 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 definitely a concern for Purdue. They're obviously very good, but um, they they definitely have had times when they're they're role guys. When they don't get enough from Edie and teams take them away, those role guys, when they're really when they're good, Purdue's almost impossible to beat. As we've seen, they have a huge, even with their their current resume is still fantastic when you look at the wins they have. But they also have shown that they can struggle against teams they probably should be able to beat, especially on the road. We've seen them play two road games in the Big Ten and come up short twice, right? So um in those games. Uh, another team, you know, the, how about, is it blue, but are the blue bloods back Kentucky Duke? They're back on top. They've got, you know, Kentucky is now, uh, you know, looking They're in the number six Duke is rolling. I mean, they look like they were playing against a junior high team when they played Pitt the other night. Um, they're in the, you know, number 11, you know, these blue bloods, North Carolina is back after a, what was a, you know, disastrous season a year ago, Con- Connecticut. Good. Is it our blue bud season back in uh, back in vote? I think I think you're going to see um, while NIL and the transfer portal is going to spread the talent out. 
I think your blue bloods and your teams that have the bigger NIL generating programs are going to have an advantage in terms of either a choosing how they want to spend the money, whether that's on, you know, top 20 recruits, whether that's on the best out of the portal. And I think you're going to see some of those blue bloods be able to reload a little quicker, a little easier because they have a little more spending money and let's face it. They got some cachet on the market, you know, a call, you know, a kid has got to be excited if he's like, I'm going to transfer to Kentucky versus if he's going to decide, do I transfer to Colorado State? Yes. Well, that's, that's fair. Kansas. I didn't even mention Kansas and they're rolling there. 31. The analytics don't love the Jayhawks, though. I mean, like, it seems like they're, you look at Pomeroy and Torvik and all these computer models, they're down in the, like 15th range of net. But then when you look at them in, you know, pool, they're, they're you know, they, they only had one loss, you know. So it's pretty impressive uh, to see the Blue Bloods like this. For the mid-major ranks, everybody's darling from last season was Florida Atlantic. The Owls switch conferences to go into a different conference, and suddenly they've lost to Florida Gulf Coast. They've lost to Florida Atlantic. Losing to Illinois is not, not a – that's obviously one of those. That's not a bad loss at all. But they just don't look like that team that is clicking that we saw at the end of the year. They have a great win over Arizona too, but they lost to Bryant. Um, man, I, I don't know. This team just doesn't look the same. I, I agree with you. And, you know, the the defensive effort that they put out there um, night in and night out, they, they've got a good team. But yet at the same time, you know, you, you're seeing them give up some games with more points than what you would anticipate. So I, I don't know if it's that step up in quality. I can tell you that, you know, when Houston got upset by Iowa state, I think being in the big 12 is a step up and they're going to have to adapt to the, to the level of, of conference that they're in. And I think even Florida Atlantic is going to have to get used to that increase. And of course they've got a, the other thing is they've got a huge bullseye, painted on them because people now they're not going to sneak up on anybody. It's like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to get a hold and see if we can scalp them and put that up that trophy up on our wall. And that's a lot different than F a U. What does that stand for? F a U. Yeah. And, and you know, they don't have a great, the, the Arizona wins going to really be big for them, but they can't have many bad losses yeah. moving down this, this scene. Cause really outside of Memphis, there's nobody in their conference you go, wow, that's a huge win. So it's uh, Florida Atlantic really has to take care of business and conference play if they want to get where they want to go in the NCAA tournament. College and, and, and we're Mike, we're just starting conference play. Well, and, and think about it real quick before we wrap here. But the bottom line is, is look at Wichita State. You know, they had one of the most uh the the best programs move up into a different conference, and now they're a middle of the, of the road team, but these, these conference changes are not as uh, easy going as people think they are. And next year it could be teams like Oklahoma and Texas and USC and Oregon and Washington that hit bumpy roads in their conference affiliation change. I'm not certain that when they signed up to change conferences that they thought of that. Yeah, definitely. And we're, we're college hoops. Man, it's fun. Great time of year. We'll be back right after this. 
Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-613-8053. 800-613-8053. That's 800-613-8053. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket. The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. 800-425-1161. That's 800-425-1161. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. You're listening to the Longhorn Guys Radio Network. Joining us now for the first time in 2024, back on the show, he is the senior writer of CBSSports.com, Jerry Palm. Jerry, happy new year to you. Happy new year to you, too. How was, I got to ask, uh, I'm sure you were in the house in Mackey Friday night. Was there ever a moment yeah. you were concerned as that they made that comeback? Um, yeah, because the officiating was really random in that game. And so I didn't, I wasn't worried about Purdue doing their part. I was worried about the officials doing something stupid. Um, and when I say that the, the officiating was bad, it was bad for both teams. Um, you know, like, uh, Sackey's first foul was a phantom foul. Um, they, they get the Lance Jones on a flagrant foul, which was not really one of the options available to them on replay. I mean, yes, obviously they could have replayed that, but that was also pretty ridiculous. But then, so they get the two free throws, Illinois does, and then they get the ball back and they call Coleman Hawkins, I believe it was, for traveling when he didn't travel. It, it, there were at least two or three travels in that game um, that weren't traveling calls. And, uh, you know, Illinois probably suffered more from that than Purdue did. Um, yes, the officiating was not great uh, either way. Um, so, you always worry about what the refs are going to do when they're not having a good night. Um, oh, Coleman Hawkins should have been teed up for all of the demonstrative behavior. Um, you don't see very many refs let you get away with that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, I'm not the ref. Um, I was the ref, not at that level ever, obviously, <laughs> but I just did high school ball. But that was one of the things we were taught is, you know, 
if you can't calm them down, keep them up, that'll yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing Coleman that hurt him with NBA scouts is what, you know, we're learning when he tested the waters last summer um, and probably get that under control. Fantastic player, but it yeah, doesn't, he's great. Yeah. Yeah. When the, the, the play at the end of the first half, you fouled him. It wasn't, it wasn't a flop. Oh yeah. And not only that, he stuck around the teams are in the locker room and he's still out talking to the ref and it's the same guy, the same ref, not making all of the bad calls. But that Coleman Hawkins is talking to all four times he gets demonstrative with the rest. It's the same guy. Yeah. And yeah, you know, if you're sticking around halftime to argue about an obvious call, then you know, it's, it's time to it's time to uh put him in his place. And they wow. just never did. And you, know, you can lose control of a game that way. Now they didn't. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's just one of the many examples of a poorly officiated game. It's funny every year, and here we are already, right? The first, you know, first week, second week of 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 the new year, and we're already talking about the referees. What is it about the Big Ten um, and the issue of refereeing? I mean, every year it comes up where there's just some real obvious calls, and we're not just picking. Yeah. And to your point, there were calls on both ways. This is not just yeah. one side. Yeah, bad other. officiating is rarely one sided. Um, yeah. Fans always think it's one sided, but bad officiating is rarely one sided. Um, I was at the home Nebraska game for Purdue last year and I had great seats. I was not in the press area. I had a buddy of mine who had tickets and I was sitting basically behind Fred Hoiberg. And um, so I got a real good look at the refs. And I actually got to hear them speaking sometimes. And it, they, that's like the worst officiated game I think I have ever seen in the big 10. And I've seen a lot of big 10 basketball and Purdue benefited more from the bad officiating than Nebraska did. It was just horrible. And there was, it seemed like that there was one guy on that crew whose job it was to apologize to the coaches when one of the other guys did something stupid. <laughs> and, that, and he spent a lot of the game doing that. And it was just, you know, now this game, the Purdue Illinois game wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, but this, this, that crew did not exactly cover themselves in glory that day. Yeah. And once again, we hope the Big Ten can get this figured out with all the money coming in, everything going on. Let's let's get this worked out. Officiating is a problem everywhere, and it starts at the grassroots level where there are people are having a hard time getting uh, people to actually take up officiating sure. because parents are jerks, and you only will put up with so much of that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's well well stated. Um, we want to get into a little bracketology with you, of course. Obviously, Purdue at the top as they should be. Um, I think Purdue is the best team in the country, and I don't see anything out there. Um, that's going to change my mind anytime soon. Um, you know, obviously Houston undefeated, even though they play, um, you know, now playing in the big 12, um, what a challenge for them this year. You know, they've, they've Kelvin Sampson said, a love him or hate him has done a great job of, of rebuilding that program into a powerhouse down there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and now I think they're undefeated, but now they're in the big 12, right? So, I mean, yes. you know, there's some, there's some bigger challenges ahead um, and so far, again, we're early and in, in, in the new year in 2024, they're answering the challenge so far. Yeah, well, and they haven't really got into conference play, you know, yet. There's been a, maybe a game or two, but they haven't hit the, the the better teams in that league. I think they travel to Iowa State this week, which is a really tough place to play. Uh, and that game might be played in the 40s because those are two of the best defensive teams in the country. And uh that it'll, that'll be an interesting challenge. But, yeah, going through the grind of a Big 12 schedule is going to be a lot different than going through the American where you might have one or two other teams that could challenge you, like Memphis, for example, was 
always a pretty reliable challenger for Houston. Uh, but this league, you know, before they added these four teams, they had seven or eight teams competing for NCAA tournament spots out of 10 pretty much every year. So now they might still have seven or eight or nine teams competing for NCAA tournament spots. But when you're playing teams like that, at least once a week, sometimes twice, that's a lot more of a grind than going through the American where you can, you have, you're going to have a lot of guys where you can rest players. Yeah. Look at your uh, your latest bracketology. Again, this is Jerry Palm, CBSSports.com uh, that you got here on there. And you know I'm on your site a dozen times a day. I mean, I, it's probably my top bookmark. Um, obviously, your top line, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, UConn, no surprise defending champs. You've got Wisconsin on your two line. What impresses you about the Badgers at this point? Yeah, it's, it's you know, part of that is it's just the way college basketball is going. But Wisconsin has got, you know, three good losses. Uh, Arizona, Tennessee, Providence. Providence may come back to the pack a little bit with the injury to, I think his name is Hawkins. Hawkins um, yeah. He's out for the year, and that, that's obviously a big blow to them. But they won at Michigan State. They beat Marquette. You know, they beat SMU. Might be a tournament team. We'll find out. Um, but, yeah, that's, you know, and Virginia. So, you know, they've picked up some pretty decent wins, don't have any bad losses. And this time of year, that can get you in the top ten. Um, well, and you know, two seed is five through eight. So, um, yeah, Wisconsin has done a pretty good job and, you know, so far has failed to do something stupid. And this time of year, there's a lot to be said for not doing something stupid. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Um, and I, boy, what a job Greg Gard has done taking over for Bo Ryan every year. We say, yeah, but this is the year it's going to blah, 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 dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And they come out. It never and happens, does it? It never happens. Yeah. He finds a way to get it done. And, and, and maybe one of the most overlooked uh, coaching jobs today in in the in college basketball. Uh you mentioned Marquette, you've got them as a two seed as well. Um the Warriors kind of the Warriors I'm showing my age. <laughs> I do that sometimes too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you can tell we're old school when we're still whipping out Warriors when talking exactly. about Marquette. Exactly. Reminiscing about Al McGuire. So uh you know girl <laughs> my dad. But yeah you're exactly um are, are they had a couple of losses here lately. Are they a team that may be on the decline right now or what's going on with Marquette? No, I just they've got a tough schedule. Uh, they lost at Seton Hall this week, uh, which, which was after that bracket came out, uh, which would probably move them down. But they've beaten, you know, Illinois uh, on the road. They beat Kansas um, neutral. Creighton in the league, a very good team. They're going to get other real good challenges in their league. They're one of the favorites in that league. Um, so they're, they're going to have uh, a lot of opportunities to continue to stack quality wins. And if that Seton Hall loss, is their worst conference loss. They're not going to have any problems at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk about the ACC because this is a, a, a conference that obviously we know, I won't say dominated college basketball, but certainly you could make an argument, the premier conference in college basketball for a very long time. Um, you know, the big three uh, coaches have now retired in William Krzyzewski and, and now Bayheim. Um, it, it Do you see this league coming back with all the changes going on? We may have more changes on the horizon, not too distant future, with maybe Florida State trying to get out, and maybe that may open the door and the floodgates for some other teams to leave. Um, what is it right now about the ACC, and how do they kind of get that mojo back overall as as a league? Yeah, well, better players and you know better coaches is how you do that. There's no substitute for um, better players and coaches. You know, so Duke and uh, Carolina had an off year last year, uh, but you know those two teams are still the the bellwether programs in that league 
and everybody else just kind of comes and goes. So, you know, Miami's had a couple of good years. They're coming back a little bit. Clemson looks like they're having a good year. Uh, Virginia has had some great years, but now they've come back to the pack a little bit. And it's just kind of, you know, inconsistency in quality behind Duke and Carolina. And lately, I mean, you know, Syracuse was a big name and they've dropped off. Louisville has fallen into the abyss. Uh, that's another, you know, big time program that, you know, I don't know when they're coming back. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of rebuilding going on behind Duke and Carolina. And I I would guess Clemson and Miami will probably end up tournament teams this year, but they may not go much farther than four deep this year in the NCAA tournament. Nobody has really picked up the big wins, you know, outside the league this year, um, except, you know, uh, Clemson, you know, they beat Alabama, they beat TCU when they were undefeated. That was in Toronto um, and Duke, but there's just not a lot of big time wins in this league this year outside of some of these other games at non-conference play. And that's really where the league makes uh, its name and how it builds up uh, the ability to have good tournament resumes. Yeah. Talk with Jerry Palm at CBSSports.com. Again, uh, the leading bracketologist. We love all the work that he's done uh, over all the years. Um, and I think that's a great point as well, that one thing the ACC, the strength the ACC had was that, um, one, the, the big boys, Duke and North Carolina, played a great non-conference schedule, but also you had those wins in conference. With the mega conferences now, you can't guarantee getting those signature wins in conference play that's going to get you over the hump on Selection Sunday. And and, and even in some ways, I mean, again, Duke and Carolina still play those teams. Right. When you get a conference play, if, if you are a Clemson, if you are a, a Wake Forest or a Pitt, you may only have one crack at getting right. that signature win. And if you don't get it, you're NIT bound or, or going yeah. home. Duke and Carolina will always play each other twice. I'm sure I don't know what their scheduling formula is, but you know, Duke and Carolina will probably always play each other twice. Uh, but then for everybody else, maybe you get a shot at it, maybe you don't. Um, you know, so unless somebody is out making hay in non-conference play and establishes itself as a NCAA tournament contender, uh, a contender to get in the tournament, but you're yeah, you're scheduled. It's uh, that league is already what 15 and are gonna add three more. Uh, for basketball, I mean, you're going to have you're going to play one game against most of the teams in your league, yeah. and that's you know that's asking a lot. I mean, it's uh, when your conferences get that big and you're playing so few round, you know, double, uh, you know, home and homes. It's uh, I think it's really tough to judge these teams, and then you get to the conference tournament, you might get another game or two if you get far enough along. Uh, but you know, if you don't get far enough along, you might not even get a game that helps you there. And that becomes problematic when it's time to to try and make the NCAA tournament. But the ACC is not alone there. The Big Ten is much bigger than 10, going to be 18 next year. The Big 12 is up to, what, 14, going to add four more. So they're going to be 18. Uh, the Big East is maintaining, and that's still a major conference in college basketball. Nobody thinks about them. Pac-12 is going away. But um, it's uh you've got a lot of conferences who will not be teams in conferences that are going to be bubbly kinds of teams that really have to do well outside the league because they may not get too many opportunities inside the league. No, I totally agree. And even SEC is going up with the addition of their two. So they'll be yeah. at 16 or something. So, and I think it's, it's what we saw with the big East back in the two thousands. And if you remember, you know, 2009 where everyone Louisville won the big East regular season and tournament title, it was like, oh my, this is the best team. Well, they didn't. The of the other top three teams in the conference, they played like twice combined. Yeah. 
Right. So how do you gauge these teams? And I think that's where it will create much more drama in March, which you it and I will. Love. It'll be hard for the selection committee. Yeah. If, if these teams are are not getting or winning good non-conference games, it's going to be harder for the selection committee to sort out the wheat from the chaff in the in the big conferences um, if there's not a lot of opportunities. But, you know, strength of schedule is one of their things. So if they don't go play good non-conference schedules and that league doesn't give them a good schedule, now you could have a gaudy record and nothing behind it. Yeah, and we've seen that happen. Syracuse is a team I know a couple times that Bayheim would whine about. I'm like, well, you know, you had five losses outside the top hundred, and you didn't play anybody, so you played right. Brown twice in December. Yeah, Syracuse. Syracuse is a team that was left out at least twice in the years that I've been doing this. Yeah, mostly because their non-conference schedule was crap, and they didn't do well enough in the league to make up for it. Yeah, and didn't play those those teams that are going to give you a good yeah. resume bump. It's happened your- to Alabama twice too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, before I let you go, I want to get your thoughts. Um, it's it's early January. So much is going to change in the next two months. Who's a team out there that 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 we should watch that really hasn't made a lot of national noise yet, but is a team to be to be reckoned with? Um, let's see. I guess I'm really curious to see what Oregon's going to do. Hmm. Um, Oregon has been playing without Folly Conte. He's supposed to be coming back. That's a really talented big. That's going to change what they can do. If he can come back soon, get established, and then they get into conference play, that's a team that has a chance to come from pretty much nowhere right now. They're not dead, but they're not, you know, they're not really looking like a tournament team to a team that could could run through its conference, do pretty well, and possibly earn not just in that large bid, but maybe even crack the top 25 by the end of the season. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. Jerry Palm, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, Jerry Palm. Again, senior writer, cbssports.com, and he is the father of bracketology. Be sure to go to cbssports.com. Check out those picks. Uh, Again, he's constantly changing it. I probably click on this like once a day (laughs) to see just what Jerry's been thinking. So, all right, take care, Uh, Jerry. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. And we've got more coming up after this. Stay with us. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-373-8414. 800-373-8414. That's 800-373-8414. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? 
they actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. All right, fellas, NFL regular season is over. Playoffs are here. Uh, let's take a look at some of the top games. Um, a game that's really intriguing. Uh, Dolphins and Chiefs. You know, Miami had a chance to win the division. Uh, they fall in the finale uh, to the Bills last weekend, and now they go out and play the Chiefs. Um, you know, I don't know how they do lately. Of course, they've made the playoffs that much lately. But back in the day, the Shula Marino days, Miami never did well in the cold weather. And I, I just feel like this is one of the Chiefs have had their struggles, but you've got to figure they've, you know, they've got the huge advantage in this one. It's supposed to be like temperatures like zero, right? And uh, at Arrowhead. Yeah. One, one degree. I think it's going to be above zero, like all the way to one, Larry. It's going to oh. be more warm. Right. Um, no. Yeah. This is wild. I mean, you think about it like, you know, Tua, I think their quarter Miami quarterback Tua is uh, from uh, Hawaii, right? And then he played at Alabama, and then now he's at Miami. And so this is not what he signed up for. So, so I think it's going to be interesting because it, it does that. That Miami defense is is kind of broken up, though, regardless of who they have. But this is going to be, uh, you know, I, I think the Dolphins beat up on some weak teams this year. I don't think they, uh, you know, were as good. I think this is going to be a tough one for them because yeah, I think the Chiefs' offense against that Miami defense will have some success. Yeah, I, I think it's the cold weather. You know, Tua just doesn't do the greatest in bad weather. And I, I think this is going to be a tough one for him. Plus, the the Chiefs will probably have the Taylor Swift advantage. Um, and, and of course, people, I believe, will have to watch this game on Peacock, which will be the first ever yeah. NFL streaming playoff game. And, boy, I've got a couple buddies in Kansas City, and they are angry men. And then I had to break it to them. It's still on their local station. And then they got, a, they were okay very quickly. You know what this is, what this is a preview of the 2024 12 team college football playoff. SET, SEC teams may have to go North and oh, that'd be great. in Columbus or state college or Norman. So yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. Cleveland at Houston. Intriguing matchup. I mean, I think the Texans, how can you not root for the Texans? Uh, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Um, and they were horrible in 2022. They come back and um and make the playoffs. Great, great story. I'm Flacco for the Flacco to the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah, there so, you go. no, give me Joe Flacco. That's an even that might be an even better story. Yeah. Uh, what Joe Flacco's done in Cleveland. I mean, we wrote them off, you know. I, if there are two teams, the AFC, we wrote off a few weeks back, uh, Buffalo and Cleveland, and, and here we are. And they're both, they both won, won, won 11 games, won one, or both won 11 games. I mean, this is like, a, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I, you feel for Cleveland Browns fans, so I, I kind of want them to win. At the same time, I really enjoy watching C.J. Stroud. So uh, for me, I think in, in this particular case, I'm going to go with Cleveland, but either team I enjoy, so I, I'll be okay. I think it's, it's a fun matchup, and you're right. A lot of great storylines. Uh, we're not going to talk about um, uh, Deshaun Watson, by the way, heading back down to Houston uh, and all the masseuses um, skipping the game. Uh, meanwhile, stay deep in the heart of, sorry, Green Bay at Dallas. Uh, the Cowboys, hey, 
Listen, Mike's a big Cowboy fan. For once, the Cowboys actually come through and live up to the preseason hype. Uh, that's what I was really excited about this team. I thought Dak Prescott had a great season. And how about CeeDee Lamb? I did not know that no Cowboy receiver had ever led the NFL in receptions. And yet CeeDee Lamb got it done with all those great receivers. CeeDee Lamb is the man. I, yeah, I think Dallas, their regular season lived up to expectations. But I don't think it matters unless you win in the playoffs here. And they're favored. But this is a Green Bay team that actually is uh, is, is solid, and they're going to give them a run for their money. I, I, but I like the Cowboys here. I like the Cowboys because they're at home. The uh, only team, I believe, in the NFL who is undefeated at home this season. But there's also the X factor of the Cowboys in the playoffs. And <laughs> when you haven't done anything in the playoffs for nearly 26, 27 years. That means they've got potential, Mike. Potential. <laughs> Expectations are not high, but <laughs> let's hope let's hope they can make it to the NFC championship game. Listen, uh <laughs> meanwhile, uh from the the chant of you know the Chicago Cubs, wait till next year. Next year, finally here for the Detroit Lions, baby. The Lions. Uh last NFL championship was back almost a decade before the Super Bowl was created. Uh, Eisenhower was in the White House. That's how long it's been. Only one playoff win since then, but even the quarterback of that team, Eric Kramer, told us you know, earlier here on the show a few weeks ago, he thinks that this year Jared Goff will do this. So the two teams who swapped quarterbacks a couple of years ago uh, now will meet in Detroit, the Rams and the Lions. This is actually a really good matchup. I know the Rams don't get enough publicity for how well they've played in the second half of the season. They've actually been quite good, and and they've got obviously you know we forget that a couple of years ago they were hoisting the uh, Lombardi Trophy. So this is they've got a lot of guys who won. Um, this is a tough matchup for Detroit, but uh, you know they're at home, so it should be fun. I, I think this is awesome. It's awesome for Detroit too. It's a tough matchup, but I, I really like this this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Detroit on this one, but but I do think it it will. Be, Dan Campbell is just an exciting type of guy, and he's going to come in. His team's going to be sky high. You know, I like to watch Kirby Joseph, so I, I'm going to be rooting for them. But I do think this this should be an exciting matchup, and I think it's one of those that'll go down to the very end. Yeah. Did Brad? Did the Brad Allen officiating crew get this game? How did that work? <laughs> yeah. I think they were banned from the playoffs and they missed the cut, right? <laughs> I think they did, but yeah. I wonder Dan Campbell was probably hoping they didn't make it, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that, that officiating crew costing the Lions uh, the win against uh, the Cowboys uh, a couple of weeks ago. Well, here. it depends on how you look at it. Well, they did. That was a thing. <laughs> that was a two point. Let's that's just how we look at it. Yeah, that's right. Oh. That's right. With crystal clear glasses. That's how we. That's how we look at it. So exactly right, fellas. Before I let you go, give me one team to upset the weight of the Super Bowl from both conferences. Who do you like? Man, I, I actually to that could upset. I, I wouldn't pick them. I, I think San Francisco is going in the NFC. But the team that I think could do it is the is the Rams. I mean, they they would be my team that I think could do it in the AFC. Um, the upset. I, I'm a right now my favorite in the ASC. Everybody's talking Baltimore. I think it's Buffalo. They're my favorite, but I think the upset team is Cleveland. The Flacco, Super Bowl champion quarterback, baby. Love yeah, it. I I'll agree with the Flacco because I think there's a there's there's a, a certain need that you have for a quarterback who can play well when you need him to, and he's been through this grind before. In the NFC, I, I'm going to say the upset team is Dallas because nobody expects them to go that far. 
And I'll be shocked as well, but they have the talent to go that far. I'm going to join you on that bandwagon so you're not all alone by yourself. And besides, lightning has to, to strike at some point, right? You got to catch it in the bottle at some point. I, no? I used to think waiting from 77 to 92, that 15 years was intolerable. But little did I know what was in store after 1995s. Uh, exactly. Dallas Cowboy football fan and Illini football fan. You are all about patience, Mike. Oh, goodness <laughs> gracious. It didn't used to be when it came to the Cowboys, but old Jerry. There you go. Got a big stadium. But no wins. Hey, <laughs> we got to run. Uh, we are out of time. Appreciate you stopping by. Thanks to everybody who came on to the show. We'll see you next week. Same station, same time. Take care. The preceding program is a product of Rise Above Productions and Revision Sound. Join us next week for the latest edition of the Longhorn Guys Sports Spectacular.